Hi friends, welcome to the Friends of France podcast. In this safe space, we are favored in each episode with the presence of an expert guest from different fields and specialties as we learn about their life journeys, their successes, possible regrets, and realizations, their work, why they do what they do, and even their life outside of work. In here, we tear down common myths and misinformation with up-to-date, evidence-based science and data simplified for anyone to digest. We don't shy away from topics that can sometimes be polarizing or taboo. We normalize the humanization of healthcare and its workers, and we promote the importance of self-care and safeguarding your mental health. Please keep in mind that the conversations in this podcast are for educational and informational purposes only. They are not implied or intended to be a substitute for professional medical diagnosis, advice, or treatment. Please always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare providers regarding a medical condition. Are you ready? Let's go! Hi friends! Happy Friday! Another Friends of France Friday! Let me tell you what happened yesterday. Well, let me backtrack. Let me tell you what happened almost, what, four years ago or just about three years ago. Right before the pandemic started, I got a haircut. (laughs) And that was the last haircut I've ever had for the past, I think, almost four years. And since then, I don't know if you see my profile online on Instagram or YouTube, my hair has been long. Like, I've never had hair this long. Up to beyond my armpits, actually. I mean, that's the longest hair I've ever had. I did trim it, like, last year, July, but, like, a very, very, very light trim. Like, it didn't even seem that a lot of change has been made with that haircut. It was just a trim. But yesterday, Thursday, April 20th, 2023, I finally cut my hair quite short or at least shorter than I've had it for the past three or four years. And I also got a perm (laughs) because my hairstylist said that it would look weird if I just cut it. I showed her a picture of a model that I wanted to get my inspiration for my new hair from. And honestly, I was ridden with anxiety yesterday, like genuine anxiety hours before my actual haircut appointment. And it made me realize how much hair has a very, very big role in the way that we feel and the way that we present and that we carry ourselves. And, you know, it's a form of self-expression, right? I feel like a different person now that I cut my hair and got my hair permed, obviously, which I never thought in my lifetime that I would do, versus when I had long hair, like really long hair. I felt like my persona was different, the way I thought and acted was different. It's just interesting how much hair can contribute to our self-perception, to our self-expression, to our feelings, to our self-image, right? And more so, how others view us as well, right? Like I said, with the skin before in our previous episodes when it came to skincare and acne, the skin is so visible that a lot of people's perceptions of us are formed by that physical view, right? And then it translates to the way we view ourselves based on maybe how others perceive us. And it's the same thing with hair, something so visible, something so tangible. And I remember growing up in the Philippines. I was there until I was five years old or six years old. And even during the times that I went on vacation during the summers, I remember that, especially in the Filipino media, there's an image of what healthy and beautiful hair look like. I mean, even scrap the healthy part, just what 
beautiful hair look like. It's like long, jet black, straight hair. I remember the cream silk and palm olive and sun silk hair commercials, shampoo and conditioner commercials. I remember the before and afters in the commercials of frizzy curly hair and short hair into a long jet black straight and shiny hair. And it's true for different cultures, right? Different cultures have a concept of what the ideal standard of beauty, and specifically in our conversation of hair, is. I believe in the Western world, it's more of blonde, bright hair, right? It doesn't really matter if it's curly or not so curly, as long as it's blonde and bright and shiny. So different from what Filipinos believe or perceive as to be beautiful hair. And the report by Yale University back in the early 2000s by a psychology professor showed that there is such thing as first impressions formed by others when it comes to our hair. And in turn, that influences the way we perceive ourselves, our self-image, right? And that being said, just like skin, when it comes to self-image and this whole psychosocial aspect and concept when it comes to our appearance, again, specifically about hair in this conversation, when things deviate from what we deem or what society deems as normal or pleasurable or the standard of beauty or things like coarse hair, frizzy hair, split ends, or even patches of hair loss, right? These things go against what ideal beauty standards for hair may seem. And of course, it causes this lack of self-confidence and a distorted perceived body image in the person who owns that hair. The hair really is such a strong part of our body, right? Whether it's overgrowth or undergrowth or even hair loss, different types of alopecia, whether it's stress-derived like telogen effluvium or autoimmune like alopecia areata. Hair problems are a real thing and they impact a fraction of our population worldwide. And when it comes to hair, we also like to talk about products, right? Like conditioner or shampoos or oils or anti-frizz sprays or even things like gel or hair styling, hair coloring. And all of this revolves our topic for today. A topic that I'm so honored to be having with our special guest. I, I have no idea how we landed upon this just prestigious and such a kind and humble guest but i am so honored to share the mic this episode today with miss Jui wong who is the ceo of olaplex which is a product i have been using for the past few years i just love their shampoo their conditioner and also their hair perfecter and today we talk not just about what hair strength and hair bond strength means, but we talk a lot about Olaplex's vision to not create a standard of beauty when it comes to hair, but to meet where people, where its consumers are at and provide the healthiest hair bond as possible. And I'm just so grateful to have Ms. Jui with us today. Again, the CEO and president of this huge multi-dollar <laughs> company. And she has also been the president and global CEO of other huge companies like Moroccan Oil and Actual Beauty and Health and Strive Vectin and Elizabeth Arden. She has been the VP and board members of other companies like Pepsi Cola, American Heart Association, Committee of 200, and YMCA of Greater New York. Just a powerful woman in business and an Asian woman at that that we talked a lot about actually is what happens when a woman enters the world 
the businessmen <laughs> that we know it, right? And today we just talk about care, we talk about virtues, we talk about surpassing judgments that we may have upon ourselves or that society tries to bring in us if you are a minority. And again, also about standards of beauty specifically about hair. I hope that you take something from our episode today, that you learn a lot, and that through this episode and through this conversation, we learn to see and accept our beauty that has always been there, will always be there, no matter what society says. Enjoy! Hello! Miss Judy! How are you doing? I'm well. Thank you so much for you know doing this. I have been following you. I have seen all the great work and how you are always so generous, you know, with your comments with other people and how you reach out to other people. I, I just want you to know that it should be a reverse. We should be doing a live on you, not. Oh no! Thank you so much. It is such an honor. August being National Hair Loss Month, it is a month of just talking about hair. And I always tell people that the face, the hair is always one of the biggest first impressions because it's what we see, right? And someone who has gone through severe acne, it's always either a source of confidence or a source of shame, a source of wanting to hide in isolation. And you are the CEO and executive board member of a company that has given people so much hope and so much confidence when it comes to hair. And though you need no introduction, if you could first please introduce yourself to everybody. Thank you so much again for joining me today. No, absolutely. Thank you for, you know, giving me the opportunity. And like I say, thank you for using your platform, your reach, your influence to really shed light on this. Well, this is my fifth time CEO role with a beauty brand. So I feel very fortunate because every team that I work with has always taught me something. So I am a product of the teams that have shaped me. So, you know, as CEO at Oloplex, it is no different. The team has taught me more than I feel like I have ever yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, Olaplex is such a successful company, but I know behind that success of any brand is the teamwork and the hard work and the years that people do not see behind the market, behind the numbers, right? But before all of that, I want to take it all the way back. And I know that you have your upbringing in Singapore. And I just wanted for you to give us a timeline of how it all started. I'm very curious. I mean, given that my podcast started first with a very healthcare center, I always ask physicians and nurses that, did you always want to be this? You know, and I wanted to ask you now is, did you ever imagine to be in the world of business and commerce? Or were you like a little young girl and did you imagine to be the CEO of a multi-billion dollar company? Yeah, I think for me as a child, you know, growing up in Singapore where is a punctuation on the map. Like literally nobody would know where Singapore is if you kind of look at a map. And even when we all draw out the outline of our own country, which we are proud to do. But when you look at a world map, it is a full stop. So mm -hmm. I think when I was very young, and I remember my mom, you know, asking me a question, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I said, I want to be working in the Big Apple, which at that reference was New York. And she's like, what do you know about New York? I said, <laughs> I don't know anything, but that's where I want to go and where I want to be. So I think, you know, right from the get-go, I obviously... Unlike doctors and you know, unlike yeah. real professionals like doctors, engineers, <laughs> teachers, yeah. hairstylists, you know, dermatologists, yeah. they know their calling. Every time when I talk to a hairstylist, even if they have deviated, let's say you know they've gone into you know being a great chef mm -hmm. or working with people, 
they always come back to their first love. Mm. And I think unlike a lot of these professionals, I'm not that way. I knew I wanted to get out of Singapore. That was the first thing. But I also knew I had obligations. As a nation, I think mm. a lot of us tend to come and say, look, there's our parents, our siblings, our relatives. What do I have to do? So I actually made a pact with my brother. And I kind of say, look, you stay at home. Let me go away. When I come back, if you choose to go away, because he had to serve the military in yeah, Singapore, yeah. you know, it'll be fine. But lot and behold, I left for school in Australia, I think in 1983. Mm-hmm. And I've never been back to Singapore other than for a year and a half to work. And then I have been gone. So I, I think, you know, dreams is just that you dream. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that's the right path or the wrong mm-hmm. path. I think it's applying yourself and just asking yourself, and recognizing what you're good at and what you're not mm-hmm. good at. I mean, heaven forbid, I will never be a lawyer. I cannot even go to the first <laughs> sentence and hear in, there with, and there on. Yeah. I'm like, I don't understand this. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to bed. You know? <laughs> so you have to know what your strengths are yeah. and what your weaknesses are, and then do not you know, push water uphill, so to speak. Yeah, and definitely. I mean, I, I talked with a physician one time, an anesthesiologist who used to be a rock star. And he said his life is like always a constant struggle of, I think especially in the Asian culture, right? There's very esteemed jobs and professions, like physicians, engineers, lawyers. And then there's things that our parents will probably yell at us if we even think of thinking about them, right? Having gone through it now, I mean, obviously the amount of success you had, but being in this field of economic volatility and all of this unexpected things and we'll talk more about that in a bit do you have any regrets pursuing this field of business economics and commerce no you know the short answer is no and the reason why is that i think when you go through tough and difficult times Mm. it actually makes you stronger i mean there's a saying that say if it does not kill you it, it makes you stronger and i think a lot of us have a great personality when times are good I think the true test of a character is when times are trying and challenging, mm-hmm. what comes out of you? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to tell you that I'm very well schooled in understanding how to be the best leader that I am. I am still trying and learning and, and really help, hoping to be better every day. And primarily because it is easy to get frustrated. It is easy to get stressed and it's easy to lash out. But ultimately, every time you do that, and I catch myself doing that, because as soon as I say something, I know in three minutes, I will realize that this wasn't my finest hour. So that, I think, keeps me on my toes. But again, it doesn't mean I don't keep making the same mistake. The only difference is I believe that going through COVID, I mean, I've been through a couple of recessions, right? When I started working, that was the internet you know, sort of boom and then bust. Then I went through the 2008 crisis, you know, with all of the mortgages and all of the falling out with housing, but it was more confined to the US. And so I was actually able to pivot very well into international and draw a lot of the business opportunities from international into the company that I was working with and for. And then obviously with COVID and now with all the geopolitical and the macroeconomic situation, are we or are we not in a recession? I think in any of this, one of the things that I always try to center myself and ground myself is there are people involved. It is not just about a recession. A recession is about people in the mix. And it's not about whether people feel good or bad. 
is how we all make them feel. People are nervous already with COVID. Who mm-hmm. knew that we were going to be in a lockdown, right, for two and a half years? Who mm-hmm. knew the medical professionals like yourself, mm-hmm. you know, had to deal with deaths more than light? You know, mm-hmm. it's hard. I mean, for us, we hear about it. We, mm-hmm. we read it. You guys are facing it. So mm-hmm. if you look at it, all of us were going through our own yeah. challenges. Yeah. But we all came out of this pretty good. I mean, it's by no means over, right? Yeah. In fact, yeah. Yeah. it's more infectious. It's, yeah. it's, it's actually a lot more toll on people. Yeah. But we are learning. We are human beings and we are very adaptable. We are learning to adapt with it. We are learning to flow with it. And I also know that if I have to trust a person versus a machine, I will always trust the person. <laughs> and I have, I have a lot of faith in people. Because I've seen how we have all come through. I know that people always say as you get older, you get more skeptical. I think as I get older, I'm more hopeful. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, like you were talking about all the difficulties and the two tests when it's trials, right? How you respond, how you react, how you adapt to it. I mean, looking at your timeline and all of your successes, I mean, having been president and CEO formerly of companies like Elizabeth Arden or Shaivectin or Moroccan Oil, I can imagine that one of the difficulties, I mean, at least when I was growing up and when my friends were growing up, when we think of the word business, when we think of the word business man, it's always tied to a suit and a tie and to a man. And I want to know, having veered through all of this, you know, in great numbers, how was navigating and maneuvering that path as a woman and more so as an Asian American woman in the field of men and white men, right, historically? So, you know, it's actually a very, very good question because I asked myself that. And when I first looked, it wasn't intentional. Mm -hmm. It happened. I knew that in order to be competitive and to be good at hoping to get to that next level, I very unconsciously in in my very first role as CEO chose a turnaround. Mm-hmm. And when I started that as my first CEO role, I, I got a reputation of being a turnaround executive. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, during very tough times, and no offense to the men out there, yeah. <laughs> very tough times, people tend to bring in a woman. And when they do bring in a woman, you know, it's also like when the very first mistake you make, that woman also gets highlighted and profiled and showcased. Yeah. And I don't want to mention names here, but I think people would know if they start Googling, like, who are the women that are brought in, and then subsequently they leave very early. But I chose to work with private equity backgrounds that were in turnaround situation. And I knew that I wasn't somebody that felt like I could, I always have to bring in my own team. But one of the greatest fear in turnaround is somebody walks in and they've got this team that they bring in. So which means this displacement and disruption, mm-hmm. right? And I have made it very clear with myself that while I work for the private equity, I actually represent the people that I am now going to be leading or have to be working with mm-hmm. me and for me. Mm-hmm. And so I always try very hard to build a sense of safety net for the team mm-hmm. because I know that the first thing everyone thinks is, do I jump ship? Yeah. And I will always ask the team, how many of you started at this organization and basically say, I want to be the worst employee. Don't give me a bonus. I just want to coast. As long as nobody notices me, I have my job for the rest of life. I'm happy. No one does that. Everybody starts a job, including myself, kind of saying, I want to do my best. I will do whatever it takes. And along the way, when you start losing that fervor, it has actually nothing to do with you as a person. You are exactly the same person. You have the same ambition. You have the same passion. But leadership has failed you. 
So to me, to turn around a company, it's really not just about bringing in people, but really motivating the base that started at the organization who wanted to do well and do good. So because of what I'm able to do, I mean, I can only do a turnaround in three or four years because private equity has a seven-year fund in general Mm. uh, terms. So I get brought in in year three, year four. I really only have a very short time. And in that time, I can't do it alone. I can't do it with new people. I have to do a lot of it with the existing team. And I think that built a certain reputation for myself. And then it became easier as people were looking at somebody like myself and they call in. And it doesn't hurt as well that I grew up in Singapore. Mm -hmm. And in Singapore, I'm considered the majority being Mm -hmm. Chinese, ethnically Chinese. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So even when I went to Australia, I came here to the US, I worked in the UK and Geneva, it was majority Caucasians. Mm -hmm. I never saw myself as any different. I saw myself Mm -hmm. as a majority and I behaved like one. Mm -hmm. And when I behave like a majority, I think I don't shrink from speaking up. I mean, if anybody who should shrink back is probably me. I don't (laughs) look the part. I don't, I have an accent. I'm very small. I'm, I'm five foot two. I, and I weigh a, under 100 pounds. I mean, like, if anybody was going to dismiss me, if, I, even I would dismiss me, much less <laughs> someone else, right? Yeah. So I, I think, you know, just having that mindset, and I'll just share one more example mm-hmm. about how it's so important that people do not think words don't hurt and words don't matter. Mm-hmm. Because like I say, when I was a majority in Singapore and I see myself as one, and that's from very young, right? From the get-go as a child. And i like to share this thing that somebody just shared with me that was so illuminating about how, you know, you are a product of your childhood. You know why some women, especially blonde and blue-eyed women, uh, always feel so much better about themselves? Because when they were a little kid, guess what people tell them? Oh, you're so pretty. Look at your hair. Look at, you know, look at how blonde you are. Look at your eyes. And yet there are other ethnic groups where they are told, Look at how unruly your hair is. We need to tame those stress, you know, tresses. And as a child, it's, that's all you hear. The first thing you want to do is when you grow up is, I want to go make my hair, I want to bleach my hair, I want to straighten my hair, I want to look like what everybody thinks is beautiful. But that hurts you. So that is why when, when you talk about being a businessman or a businesswoman, it does stereotype. And, and I think it's important, our generation, your generation, break those stereotypes and let people know that beauty comes in all sizes, in all shapes, and there's no one standardized beauty. And that when we talk to people, especially with children, be very careful how we say things because it sticks in their head. You may think it doesn't matter. They may be only like four years old, but you'll be surprised. Negative comments stay so much in their head. And so for me, my parents essentially gave me a name. My name in China, and that's why I've never changed. I've never adopted a Western name. I've kept my Chinese name. It literally means that I will get whatever my heart desires. Uh, and when you get a name like this, you've got to yeah. live up to it, yeah. right? Yeah. And so that's really what is happening. Oh, that's amazing. That's also beautiful. Yeah, definitely there's such internalized preconceived notions that we have in ourselves are right, based on what other people tell us. I mean, I grew up in a Filipino household and I came here when I was six years old, though I'm also a mix of like Chinese and Vietnamese. Uh, my mom is predominantly Filipina. and. In the Philippines, and I guess in other Asian cultures as well, I, I think we have this idealized form of beauty that is very Western, right? I mean, I feel like we're the only geographical area in the world where we have widening soaps, widening drips, widening yeah. this and that, you know? So that's so true. And I, I think all of those whispers that we hear from growing up, and 
I think even now whispers that we hear from the world around us that, I mean, there's people who are just set to tear you down, right? Like you can't do this. You won't be able to do that. And so what would you say to a young person and maybe even like a young girl who wants to be in a place where you are now in life, right? Someone who is changing lives all throughout the world through their products and through their business. There's so much unforeseen struggles that they can't see ahead, right? Right. What would be your biggest advice to someone who wants to delve into this world of business? Yeah, I I mean, I won't profess to have the right answer, but I can give an opinion. I think first and foremost, don't get too bogged down by a certain journey, Mm. right? Or a destination. Sometimes the journey itself is actually very eye-opening. I mean, I started off, my first 12 years was a commodities trader. Somebody will tell me, are you crazy? After 12 years, you're now going to change career, take a tremendous pay cut and title. You're not like afraid that you won't make it. No, I wasn't afraid. Not because I felt like I was going to be good at what it is. I knew that whatever I did in those first 12 years, it's going to be applicable, right? And people need to look at it themselves. Don't think that something is wasted. If you started on a path, and it kind of is not the path that you want, start pivoting and start changing. But don't get too bogged down by the title, you know, how much you are making. Mm-hmm. If you are willing yeah. to make that change, you will apply yourself 100%. And yes, ask for advice from people who know, but at the same time, you have to be the most comfortable in your own skin, right? If for some reason, everybody tells you to do it, but you feel like it's not going to work, then don't feel like you've got to go down that path. I mean, Asians have that problem, right? It's, it's like <laughs> we take all this feedback and we feel like, oh my God, we need to please everybody. Yeah, yeah. But pleasing everybody ends up hurting yourself. Yeah. And unless, you know, you feel like that's fine. I mean, some people deal with it, they live with it, they spend their entire life living out other people's expectations. So the first thing is the journey is as good as the destination. And also not everybody needs to be the CEO. Sometimes the CEO is actually not a very good place mm-hmm. because you don't have a budget. You really don't have a team. Your teams have teams and your team leaders actually have a budget. They can effect more change. And if you are somebody who likes doing that and likes to be in the grassroots with people, don't feel like you know you're, you are not making it if you don't make that next step up. Because there's many roads to Rome, as they call it. But at the same time, I think the final bit is if you really, really want to be in business, then go for jobs that allows you to have a PL that allows you to really run a business, understand what the balance sheet is. What exactly are you looking at when you look at financial ratios? Mm-hmm. Understand every pieces of the business. But if you find yourself hating to even balance your own checkbook at home, that is probably not where you want to be because I, I can tell you it's more than balancing a checkbook. And therefore, understand what you want. Some people are so creative. Mm-hmm. Do they want to be a CEO? I, I doubt it, right? Right? Mm-hmm. Like a chief designer, like Karl Lagerfeld, you know, unfortunately he has passed. He, he was probably one of the best designers anywhere. Different labels, different looks. You think he wants to be a CEO? His creativity was better captured in what he did and how he served, you know, the, the fashion community. So I think that sometimes there's a fallacy where people can't say, oh, this is the top job. Think of the president of the United States of America is probably what, you know, in the past we thought is the top job. I can guarantee you very few of us want to be the president of the United States of America today. Nowadays, yeah. It's no longer October, but let me tell you a horror story. I was working bedside as a nurse. 
12-hour shifts, 12,000 to 15,000 steps per night, always exposed to dripping blood, pee, and other fluids. And guess what? I was wearing skateboarding shoes for almost a year. Because my feet were killing me, I switched to more comfortable sneakers but had to go through three pairs because I would find new stains after shifts. And over time, as the pandemic came, I was too exhausted to think about my feet or even changing my footwear. I was then introduced to Clove, and I no longer had to do the thinking. To support the steps of those who dedicate their lives to caring for others, Clove collaborated with healthcare professionals and innovative designers to create a shoe that prioritizes the needs of those in the front line. These are sneakers designed for healthcare. They already did the thinking. Easy to clean and fluid repellent, I no longer have to worry about those red streaks or pea-soaked socks since I use the same wipes at work to remove every stain. Just this summer, one of my patients unexpectedly bled from the radial artery access site and made a pool of my brilliant whites on the floor. A few swipes with the purple wipes, all clean and with no damage. Plus being squeak-free, I no longer have to worry about waking up a sleeping patient. Layered with comfort, sore toes are no longer my problem since the shoes are now upgraded with double the cushioning, 50% more arch support, and a perfect heel pad. On top of this, the grippiest outsole also allows for a fluid channel technology while maintaining super secure footing. And yes, it's 100% cruelty free and vegan. I love all of my clove shoes and I hope that you can get ready to also step into your perfect pair. Use code FRANZ, that's F-R-A-N-Z or visit goclove.com slash friends for 15% off your first pair of clove shoes at checkout. I am no stranger to seeing patients that can't get the care they need because they can't afford it. Even if they get a medical recommendation that will help them, oftentimes, medication costs are so high it's totally out of reach, or they would have to choose between feeding their family or paying rent in order to get the medication, so people have to go without. After living through a pandemic, on some level, we all know the healthcare system in the United States is broken. That is why I am happy to see that mission-driven businesses are now taking an interest in the problem because it's not getting solved fast enough. Better Remedies is one of those companies doing something to really meaningfully help people with medical expenses, in particular, getting their medications. Better makes over-the-counter medication, think pain, gas, cough and flu, sleep, all the essentials for your medicine cabinet. For every box of Better Remedies sold, they cover the cost of someone's life-saving medication for a month. And this is someone who would otherwise have to choose between food, rent, gas to get to work, or otherwise caring for themselves or their family. It is such an easy switch to make. You get the same great relief you need for 10% less than other big name brands, and someone who doesn't have the access to their meds will get the help they need. In general, it's good to know the active ingredient you need for your symptoms rather than just buying a big name brand. It'll save you money, and because active ingredients are FDA regulated, you'll still be getting the results you need. Plus, if you buy from Better, you are also helping someone else in a big way too. It's putting your headaches, farts, and insomnia to work. And that's something we can all feel better about. I've been buying my Better Remedies products at Walmart at any time I need to stock up. And you can do the same. Everything is priced about 10% less than the big brands, works just as well, and makes an impact on something that is really important and that I am personally very passionate about. Make the switch next time you need relief. You'll feel better and be doing some good. That part you said that being confident in your own skin, like knowing like this is your strengths and this might be your weakness that you can develop. But when it comes to, you know, being confident in yourself too, beyond just the abilities, beyond the soft skills and the hard skills, I want to go back to what we were talking about earlier in our introduction was is being confident in our own skin, like physically, yes. right? And like I said, August is National Hair Loss Awareness Month. And even though I know Olaplex is not really targeted to hair growth or hair loss in itself, it is targeted towards the 
whole concept of hair yes. health. When people think of hair, I mean, I think especially in this stressful time, you know, people lose hair. But I always tell people, this is so funny, that you know I'm stressed when my hair is all over the place. And prisoners of hair is just such a common problem for everybody. But beyond that, there's so much problems when it comes to hair. It's so much pathologies if we're talking about it medically. There's damaged hair, there's split ends, there's frizzy hair. There's bald spots, there's everything when it comes to hair. And there's such a psychosocial effect and psychosocial toll when it comes to the hair. I mean, I've talked to so many people where I'm like, oh, what's the first thing that you see in a person? They'll be like, oh, the hair. You know, they call it the crown of glory, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's mm -hmm. you walk into the room, the hair is flowing. And I think you've seen this through shampoo and conditioner commercials all throughout the years since coming in. And hair, hair, hair. Right. And so the hair is such a huge source of confidence but also can be a huge source of pain of, of of shame of isolation and here comes your brand olaplex what is your mission when it comes to the hair when it comes to people's confidence and what are the technologies that you use behind it to make that vision and that mission come true well thank you for that question so first and foremost you know what we want to do is not to set a certain standard of mm -hmm. beauty, right? There's no such thing as perfect hair, mm -hmm. and there's such a thing as healthiest hair possible. Mm -hmm. And yeah. what we want to really do is education. And mm -hmm. we were probably one of the first brands that truly came up with a pattern that we can actually defend, which is very powerful. I mean, there are patterns out there that are more for marketing purposes, mm -hmm. but when we were able to defend our pattern, it meant a lot to the community that supported us, that stood with us, which was the hair professionals. It meant a lot to the clients that really listened to their hair professionals and stuff, you know, were already part of our community. And what Oloplex does is that hair bonds are hair agnostic. So it doesn't matter how old you are, what ethnicity you are, what demographic you are, what gender you are. It's not discriminating. And mm -hmm. that is how Oloplex is. If we can give you the healthiest hair bond possible, where it gets repaired, it gets strengthened, and it gets protected, you now have a healthy canvas. You know, you coming from the medical field, you know, when a patient walks in and wants to be, you know, healthy, and, you know, and they have a heart situation, you need to take steps, right? You need to start eating right. You need to start exercising. You need to make sure that you don't keep, get yourself in a place where you can yeah. get yeah. worse heart problems. Same thing with your hair. We know that people are not going to just stop combing their hair. They're not going to stop coloring their hair. They're not going to stop styling their hair. They're not going to stop going out into the environment with the pollution and the environment, mental damage. And mostly, as I'm sitting down here with you, 30 minutes pass, I'm 30 minutes older, and so is my hair. And so the, my hair bonds are being damaged as, as we go through it. I mean, I just brought my hair, right? That I've included, I've included what I call mechanical damage. Yeah. So we know people are going to do what they do. So Oloplex really is universal. We address that. And that's why you also see us. We don't start to say that like only A salons need to carry us or C salons cannot carry us. Yeah. We allow our products to be where the professionals can do their best business. And the Professional Beauty Association actually has data to prove that 90% mm -hmm. of the hair professionals are what we call single payroll entities. So they are chair rentals, studio rentals. And yet 90% of them only generate 
49% of the total revenue in the hair professional business, which means that leaves only 10% of the business generating 51% of the revenue. Mm. You can almost see that that is a view that is what America is, right? The rich gets richer, the poor gets shafted. And that is the reason why it is so important for us as a brand to serve that 90% as much as we can also serve the 10%. But there's reason for the 10%. So for instance, Alter Salon is the US largest employer of hairdressers. They get benefits, they get holidays, they get healthcare. That to us is very important that we are part of that mix because we want to be part of the solution. So if you look at from product, from technology, who we partner with, how we partner with, all the underlying thing is we want to empower you as a customer, as the business, as the retailer, so that you can then pay it forward with your clients. And when you, we all do that, if every business just kind of do that, mm-hmm. imagine the good that we can create and imagine how well we all would do as well. So I'm not going to say that I have the perfect solution, but I believe I do have the perfect brand and the perfect platform to really push this agenda. Because as you can say, you know, hair is a big deal. We, many years ago, I, you know, at a company, we did a Harris poll and we asked, would you rather have a bad hair day or a bad skin day? And nobody could decide. It was both because to your point, it's very visible. And so if we can do our part where we can do well and do good, we will do that all day long because it doesn't cost us, you know, and people don't die under our watch, but people can be very happy under our watch. That's beautiful. Yeah. One thing I love about Olaflex is what you just said is you meet people where they are at. Right, you don't you don't set new and higher heights of ideals and standards, but you just tell people that you know what, your hair is you are beautiful where you are at. We're just here to strengthen that, right? We're just here to accentuate whatever you already have, and that's one thing I love about your brand. And also, one thing that I love is that you actually listen to the people, you listen to the voices and what they want and what they need, right? And what I've been realizing is consumers now are very very smart. We're very, very smart when it comes to their products. And I saw this, specific, I mean, having had acne, I'm very more in deep with the skincare community. And the general population is so smart when it comes to ingredients now, when it comes to the formulations. And I think that's why it's so important that we support and we use brands that are evidence-based, scientifically backed, and supported by many experts and professionals of that certain field. And that's one thing about Olaplex. I mean, every dermatologist that I know, I have looked at the science-backed data of your company. And I think that's a beautiful thing about it. That's why I love my ultra favorite. My friends always laugh at me because I have this, no matter how small my bag mm-hmm. is, this will be in it. There's and if my bag back. is too small, it will be in my back pocket because I know I'll need it throughout the day. And I think this smartness of consumers and this expansion and knowledge when it comes to ingredients and formulations really hit its crux when covid happened right when people were in lockdown everyone everyone was on youtube looking at reviews reading blogs online and i wanted to know how has covid changed not only the company of olaplex but you as a leader yeah and i think you hit it on the head you know the the fact that today Consumers are so much more empowered. They have so much knowledge. They can actually go onto so many different platforms to really get information. 
But that's a double-edged sword too. Yeah. Because <laughs> as a medical professional, you probably yeah. know, the last thing you want is somebody come in with a whole list of cell diagnostic, right? Yeah. Oh, I think I have meningitis. Yeah. And yeah, like, yeah. if you have meningitis, you will not be showing me this list. Yeah. You'll yeah. have on the floor. Yeah. So I think what is important is verification of who you're listening mm. to. I mean, mm. there's no shortage of news every day yeah. that people are hurt by TikTok videos, you know, where they go out and do mm. things that they're not supposed to mm. without realizing that it was more for fun and they th take it seriously. So yeah. I think as brands, what we want to make sure is we want to use our platform to mm. really help people differentiate the myths from facts. And mm. so that is the reason why when I started not too long ago at the company, mm. I really wanted to start a podcast. And I don't actually host a podcast. We have one of our hair professionals who have been with the company from day one who's hosting the podcast. And we very deliberately, we did not call it Olopax. We call it Beauty Uncovered. And the reason why we want to do that is we want people to have a safe place, a safe harbor, to really go learn about the truth. Because it gets very, very convoluted. I mean, like, I remember not too long ago that one of the organizations started say like, when you hear the C word, when you're diagnosed with cancer, people, if they start Googling, they think they're going to die tomorrow. Yep. You need to go to a right source, you know, where people are going to help you walk through your diagnostic, walk through how you're going to go for help. Yeah. Very similar. And so I think what it has taught me during COVID is information is available everywhere. But how do you make sure you filter and channel the information correctly so that it doesn't send you to, you know, the edge of the cliff? Because if you get to the edge, if you one little misstep, you're going to fall off the cliff, right? So for me, I think the responsibility, knowing that we have responsibility, whatever we say, whatever we push out there in content, somebody is going to take us very seriously. And while we want, obviously, we are going to make sure that it's educational, that it's entertaining. At the same time, it's also converting because we are still a business that people don't feel like, you know, they can't trust us. I mean, trust and respect is earned. It's not just given. You know, yeah. authority is given. Yeah, I'm the CEO, so everybody yeah. kind of knows, okay, you, you've yeah. got the authority, but I don't automatically get the trust and the respect. Mm. I've got to earn it. And so that is what I realized, you know, going through, whether it's COVID, whether it's through the, the, the career I've been through and working with the people. Hair professionals that I interface with are probably the emotionally the most intelligent group of people I've ever met, just like in the medical field. You guys know more than any of the patients walking in. Yeah, I am very sure your patients constantly try to tell yeah. you how much more they know. <laughs> Same thing with the hair professionals. Yeah. You know, people walk in and, and they are always that first line of where people tell them everything. I mean, I know that when I sit in front of the chair and my head stylist is behind me, I tell them things that I normally would not tell anyone. And that is why when somebody asks me, would you recommend the stylist? I'm like... I don't know, but you know, <laughs> what did I say to this guy that I don't want to share? I also trust him because he's never shared anything about me to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, this is the kind of respect and kind of trust you earn. Yeah. And when I see a profession that has earned their trust and respect, I feel like I need to do the same. Having worked as a nurse in cardiac surgery recovery and outpatient interventional cardiology, I learned that listening is a vital part of the field. But beyond listening to what patients say, it's also important to hear what they don't say. 
and many times, you can hear this in the stillness and quietness of the room as their chest thumps in rhythms that can range from normalcy to urgency. A person's heartbeat is not only a sign of life, but also a sign of its quality. According to the CDC, arrhythmias, or abnormal heart sounds, have an expected prevalence of about 1.5% in the general population, with atrial fibrillation being the most common. This is why it is so important that we can adequately hear and detect heart and even lung sounds that may be detrimental to human life. ECHO provides smart digital stethoscopes, such as the 3M Letman Core Digital Stethoscope, that help you check for signs of heart and lung disease in seconds during physical exams with unprecedented enhanced stethoscope sound and automated detection. This is all through a quick pairing with your mobile device. This is made possible by features such as having up to 40 times amplification, active noise cancellation, wireless listening, auto-triggered heart murmur and atrial fibrillation detection, and real-time visualization of sound and ECG that you can share as a consult with a trusted colleague or specialist. Every patient encounter deserves exceptional care. Hear clearly and care confidently with ECHO. The virtual space is flooded with so many different brands, resources, and gears made for healthcare workers from all disciplines. From scrubs to pins and even compression socks, it can truly get overwhelming trying to find the best product fit for you. Links to these items can get lost, and the list can get so long that you forget what you actually needed to purchase for your next work shift. This is why I am so grateful to partner with Lumify, the community marketplace for healthcare workers all in one app. Finding the brands you love, discovering new tools, and accessing your resources and communities shouldn't be difficult. Instead of going to 50 different websites to access what you need, you can find it all on Lumify, where over 200 brands, organizations, and resources are united with one goal, to support healthcare workers. As a nurse-founded company, Lumify believes that all healthcare professionals deserve a trusting and supportive community of their peers. In Lumify, you can easily communicate with your peers to trade advice, share product recommendations, and discuss what resources are best to support you. You can even earn Lumify points on every purchase you complete, which you can save for product discounts. Whether it's mental health resources, or fluid-resistant shoes, hi Clove, or stethoscopes, hi Echo, or podcast, welcome to France of France, Lumify is trusted by over 75,000 healthcare professionals at the bedside and beyond, including myself. Enter this new healthcare ecosystem where you can get 10% off using the code LUMIFYFRANCE, that's L-U-M-I-F-Y-F-R-A-N-Z, at LUMIFYCARE.com, or the Lumify app available for download on iOS devices. It's a one-stop shop, and I hope you drop by. I mean, you're right about social media becoming a double-edged sword. And I think in my generation, it's it's the whole pool of cancel culture. I think one TikTok video, verified or not, can ruin the whole brand's name and a whole brand's face, right? And I, I think that's only one of the many, many things that's it's your, in your mind as a CEO, right? Like the perception of the public, of the consumers, the reviews of the consumers, and then the whole economic and the whole business aspect of it. I mean, you said you've gone through recessions and we've recently gone through a pandemic and we don't know if there'll be another one, if there'll be another recession. The future is always unknown. And I think as the face of the company, right, as the executive board member and as the CEO, sometimes I think take your take I mean obviously you have teams and teams who support you, but I feel like all of that is like also just the whole world is on your shoulders sometimes maybe. And I want to ask is beyond everything that we've talked about, beyond the technology of care, of, of your brand, of all of your successes and all of your journey, 
how do you decompress out of work at the end of the day, <laughs> having gone through all of this and the, even get out of work mentally thinking about all of this? Yeah, I think I decompress best when I, I know that I have to let my team decompress as well. So one of my biggest problems is that I tend to be a, a thinker that I think on the spot and I have an idea and I want to share it right away. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Because you may want to share your idea, but your team may need the time off and you know to relax. So because I want them to decompress, indirectly I start decompressing myself. So mm-hmm. I have generally now tried on weekends to schedule my emails to be sent. I used to schedule it all to be out by 8 a.m. And I realized that's not helpful because if I'm going to write 20 emails scheduled for 8 a.m. Somebody's going to get 20 emails from me right at 8 a.m. That's very stressful. So now I staggered it. But I think what is important in decompressing is actually giving yourself permission to know that. Don't take yourself just, I mean, I always ask myself, 10 years from now, if I'm no longer in business, people will say, Julie, who? It doesn't matter. Nobody will remember who you are. But people that remembers you are the people that you impacted. Mm-hmm. They're lives that you have had a small touch and a small impact on. So when I'm decompressing, I ask myself, what can I do better, you know, mm-hmm. when I am in my day-to-day and when I do leave and go, you know, to, to another mm-hmm. place to travel or whatever I do, I feel like I keep myself centered and grounded on asking myself, how do I impact people now and today? Education is very therapeutic for me because I'm like trying to think outside of my business zone. And when I do that, I feel like I become a better human being. I mean, it's not easy to be a good human being because we are, we all have our shortcomings, right? Yeah. We all have our own agenda. And I feel like putting myself in other people's shoes and it feels like work for some people, but it doesn't. It, it makes me feel really good because when I was a child, long, long time ago, I always asked myself, is it possible that tomorrow morning I wake up and I'm somebody else? Like I can transport myself into mm-hmm. another person's body and walk, go through life like mm-hmm. them. Of course, it's not happening. But <laughs> I had that fallacy. Like, you know, I'll go to bed dreaming that, oh, I'm this person who's an introvert. What would it like to be like an introvert? And I'll wake up the next day and say, oh, I'm going to be an extrovert. Or I'm going to be this and that. Okay. And, and I think, you know, just being able to dream about different things, to me, that's decompression. I mean, obviously, I do like to take my holidays. My team will tell you what holidays. You know, we, we feel badly taking holidays because you never seem to take any holidays. Yeah. But you know what? I so like it when they do because they help me to yeah. realize that taking holidays is important. Yeah, and that you need a holiday as well, right? Yeah. And to top it all off, this might be a very, very, very hard question. But if there's one Olaplex product that you think you cannot live without, what would that be? Well... I think it's the foundation, the very first, you know, the product that yeah. you know, gets everything started. Yeah. While number three is our hero, no yeah. doubt. I mean, like if everybody can't say, look, I don't care what you use, use number three, which is, yeah. you know, our hair perfecter. Mm-hmm. But for me, I cannot live without my number zero. In fact, you can tell my display bottle <laughs> is down to like and the reason why is it really is that canvas for me. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, I mean, I'll stand up a little bit. You can see how long my hair is. I have never had hair this long. And if I had hair this long anywhere in the past, I would have split ends galore. <laughs> I don't have split ends yeah. at all. And I have gray through my hair because I have virgin hair and I don't color my hair. 
And you know, gray hair tends to be much drier and it sticks mm. out and it doesn't. So it, it's all thanks to Olaplex. And that's why I always, I'm, I'm such an evangelist on the product mm. because I know women out there tell themselves, no, my hair is horrible. I just, you know, it is what it is. No, if it can happen for me. I mean, my hair wasn't bad, but it wasn't good or great. But today I feel like I am happy with my hair. Uh, you know, being comfortable, you talk about comfortable in your own skin. I'm comfortable in my hair. I'm comfortable yeah. in my own skin yeah. because I know that my experience can be translated to other people. And we have a policy at Oloplat. All the content that we create, you talk about, you know, the hair wave, you know, the hair flipping is unretouched. I don't want any young girl coming in, looking at our Instagram pages and kind of say, that's unattainable, that's rubbish. Oh, in fact, they don't even think it's rubbish. They're like, oh my God, why is my hair doesn't look like this? Because nobody's hair looked like commercial hair. Yeah. It's, it's just not going to happen. So we want to set realistic expectation, but you can have the healthiest hair possible and you can even have Color, you know, you can color your hair every four to six weeks or even more frequent and not be worried because some people yeah. express themselves through the color of their hair. And so we want to give people that option. You don't have to feel like, oh, I can't, I can't do this because of the consequences. Hair is not going, you know, hair is just fun and adventurous. I mean, you can cut it and it will grow. You know, yeah. it doesn't like, you know, it's not going to stop growing. Like I'm five foot two for the rest of my life. Maybe I'll shrink <laughs> as I get older. But my hair can grow longer than five foot two, but yeah. I just cannot be five. So, you know, I can't I use that as a way yeah. to make me feel better about myself. Yeah. I think I'm a co-evangelist with you when it comes to Olaplex. I don't know how many friends of mine now have started it because I mean, I'm like, you have to try it. You just have to try it. And it's all things to a beautiful team of of people including yourself as the leader who have created these products that like you said meets people where they are and embraces people's beauty that's there already right and just accentuates the features of the hair that they may have and and strengthening the bonds within them and this is why i, I love your brand and i am so grateful that you took your time to speak to me uh, one of a very small dots here on instagram so thank you so much miss Dewey. i mean i i feel so honored and so privileged to talk to you today i i learned so much from you well thank you chris it's mutual i mean like you know i i think that is what's so nice about the human race yeah. if we all lock hands and we all move in the same direction there's nothing that can stop us right and you have so much passion and so much joy I think it comes across and, and that's something I need to learn because I tend to be sometimes a little bit pessimistic. And when I see such a happy face coming across and looking at me, it just wants to make me that happy as well. Uh, thank you so much, Ms. Julie. Thank you so much. Ms. Julie, thank you again. I hope we can talk again through another live one day. This is not the last. And Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, please. And whatever I can do to be, you know, to add value, feel free to, you know, Text me, DM me, yeah. whatever you do, you, you know, you know, you are now part of my life. We have now reached the end of the story. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Friends of France. I hope you had an enjoyable adventure learning about our expert guests, their work, and why they do the things that they do. Please check out the rest of the series available on all podcast platforms. Please also consider following the podcast on the platform that you prefer. Turn on the alerts for new episodes so you don't miss new stories. And give us a rating to support the show. 
You can find more updates on the podcast's official Instagram at Friends of France Pod or my personal Instagram at Chris Franz. That's without the I because there is no I in team. <laughs> I'm kidding. Someone already took the username. Have a great day or night, everybody.